Super Talk Mississippi media production. Southern Miss fans know the number one stop for Golden Eagle Apparel is Campus Book Mart on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. Baseball, basketball, football, Campus Book Mart has it covered with clothing to fit the young and old, big and small Golden Eagle in your family. You can visit the store on Hardy Street, shop online at campusbookmart.net, or call in your order and have it mailed to your front door. However you choose to buy, always visit Campus Book Mart first. You won't be sorry. Campus Book Mart and Southern Miss, to the top. I'll pre record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. All right, get ready. Let's go. We've got a lot to talk about today. We were about to uh, bring the basketball coach, Jay Ladner, on the Super Talk Eagle Hour. Will Hall will be on the show a little later. Bryson Mays and Kane Womack, the head football coach at South Alabama, all coming in the next hour. Opening segment sponsored by Thickey's Barbecue Pit, proud supporters of Southern Miss Athletics. Great place to take your family. We're broadcasting from the Southern Bancor Studios in Hattiesburg and in Laurel. All right, let's get right to it. Basketball wins their third game of the season last night. Off to a great start, an 86-62 win over Loyola of New Orleans. And then, of course, over the weekend, the Golden Eagles go to Nashville and upset the Vanderbilt Commodores. This is all being led by head basketball coach Jay Ladner. And, Coach, you start out 3-0. and I know you're happy and a lot of excitement right now around the start of basketball. Well, uh, of course, that the goal would be to go you know, in your first three games to go three and zero, oh, and, and um, I, but we try to focus Bob on the process every day, and we figure the winning and losing takes care of itself. Sometimes with Southern Miss fans, it's not too easy because uh, we got a lot of experts, and and look, I'm one of them. I grew up a Southern Miss fan, and I've seen it. Uh, here's the deal with the Southern Miss fans: if you win, they'll come support you. If you not, they'll let you know about it and won't support you as much, and. Um, uh, but, but we've gotten off to a good start, and uh, I and, and y'all, of course, we've been on several times, and we've had Juan Cardone on, and 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 I think the theme has been the same. Our guys, we've got a good group of guys to work with. Um, been a lot of fun. They they really uh, taken the challenge from day one. They tr- they like each other. They uh, they seem to enjoy being coached and coached hard. Uh, they bought into a, a brand new system of play. Uh, based on a lot of uh, pressure, full-court pressure defensively, and then offensively totally changed, a, a, certainly a more fast-paced uh, attack on offense that, that goes into a, a system of play. It, it's a system on both ends, not just a new defensive system, but an offensive system that fits uh, with the same philosophy of our defensive system in terms of staying on the attack. And I think that we're a fun team to watch. I, I know that especially since – our game, Bob, at, at Vanderbilt, and, of course, it was a, a, a good win for us. Anytime you can go on the road and beat an SEC team, um, uh, the just amount of some, just people reaching out and support has just been unbelievable. And, uh, and, and again, we're, our goal and vision is to restore Southern Miss men's basketball to what we feel like is its rightful place 
among the national elite and, and to get Reed Green Coliseum back the way it was in the mid mid uh, early 80s through the mid-90s and uh, become a, a tough, tough place again. Of course, it was like that uh, in the Coach Tindall's, Coach Eustace's last year, Coach Tindall's a couple of years here. And, and then, of course, uh, the probation hit. And uh, But our goal is to get it back. And the only way you can get it back is by winning ball games. And and um, so, anyway, we're off to a good start. But our major goals and, and, and of course, minor goals too. But our, our goals are still in front of us. And we got a lot of work to do throughout the end of the season. And, uh, of course, we got a, a tough stretch about to come up on us again all, all the way from home. But uh, we're looking forward to it. And guys, guys are really excited. And it's, it's been it's been uh, it's been fun. There was a decent crowd last night against Loyola, and let me tell you about this Loyola team too. We mentioned yesterday, national champions in NAIA last year. They might have done better last night, coach, had they played the Ladner kid a little more. Uh, <laughs> but you could tell that Loyola was exceptionally well coached. But you got if Eagle yeah. fans, I'm telling you, if you've not seen this basketball team play, you're missing something because they are fast, they are quick, they are deep. Now, yesterday, about halfway through the first half, I was sitting right up to the left of you guys, uh, left of your bench right up there, and Alvarez goes down seven minutes into the game, outstanding quick as a hiccup point guard, uh, and I knew there was trouble when the left shoe came off and then hobbled away at halftime. Coach, what can you tell us? What are you comfortable with sharing about? Well, of course, I, I would hope everybody always knows I try to be as transparent, never try to coach talk anything. He um, Nestle had a, uh, 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 a Jones fracture. If you look back at his last year, last season at Mercer, only played a few games. And, uh, and, and again, I, I six or seven ball games, I think, over the course of the year. And he had, he had what's called a Jones fracture. And Jones fracture is a, is a, 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 a basically it's a, a situation there in, in the foot and um, uh, toward the, your metatarsals or whatever they call those bones down <laughs> you know, kind of the outside, and one of them is broken, and, and they have to insert a long screw. And, I mean, it literally looks like a screw we would you and I would find, Kelly, at the hardware store, and, uh, and it's still in there. Of course, he was cleared by the doctors and so forth, and to be honest with you, has, has not complained one time. But, you know, he's, he's very quick, he's explosive, and his body type is going to have more pressure because of his change of direction. And he didn't come down on any – there was no collision last night, no uh, anything. It, just, it happened when he, he, had a, he was driving to the basket away from our bench, of course, in the first half and had a very quick pivot, uh, reverse pivot, and, and, and attacked the basket and immediately, immediately came – to the sideline, uh, you know, telling us his foot was hurting. Well, he had had a turned ankle on his other foot, uh, his other leg, not the one that had had surgery several weeks ago. So initially I was thinking, oh, he's just tweaked his ankle. But, of course, it ended up being the same foot that he'd had the surgery on. So as we speak, and I I cannot tell, I bet I've had 100 texts uh, or phone calls this morning asking about him because they – course just like you enjoy watching him play and he's he was really just getting back into a rhythm and a condition too but i've had i get at least a hundred texts this morning asking and he is that he's getting a ct scan we have great medical um uh, uh we have great access to medical uh uh support and um 
so he, he's there now getting a CT scan, and then he will see the foot specialist uh, at 3 o'clock. So we'll know a little bit more, but certainly not good news in the short term. Um, I, again, sick to my stomach uh, for him, for our team, uh, but hopefully it's not a season-ending type injury. Of course, it made me think immediately of our luck last year. We, we'd gotten off to a pretty decent start, and we lose Tay Hardy last year and of course we just didn't have any answers one of the differences though this year is i i feel like that we're better prepared to absorb an injury this year with depth uh, as compared to last year but i've got my fingers crossed and everybody listening uh, please say a prayer for him that that it won't be as bad he, he's taking it really hard because he of course we've gone through this last year already so anyway we'll just have to wait and see uh, what the doctor says here uh, at three o'clock all right look get in here with coach Coach, let's talk about something positive, though. DeAndre Pinkney, double-double against Vanderbilt last night, 16 points, seven rebounds. Uh, he's been he's just been really good. Uh, DeAndre um, is, first of all, an outstanding young man. Uh, he, he has really developed into a leader on our team. Uh, he's one of those guys that, you, you, in my opinion and myself, he, I, I kind of pull for uh, to do what we need him to do well, of course. That goes without saying. But because he's, he's been there through the hard times. He, he was there the last two years, and we struggled. We didn't win many games. And a lot of guys uh, chose to, to look for greener pastures. And, you know, he's hung in there. And I admire that. I admire a person that, that uh, doesn't jump ship when things get, get, get going too bad. And he's, he's one of the guys that, that has hung in there with us. And, and it's began to pay off. I've told this story. I felt like he was going to have a good year again. Like I said, we, we need him to have a good year. But I, I felt like he was going to have a good year when last year at the end of the spring, he forego going home. Uh, he lives down in, in Coral City, part of, which is a, a neighborhood there in Miami, um, and stayed. Uh, he'd been working very hard since the season was over. But he stayed during the spring break. Luke, of course, you're a former athlete. You know, he, he didn't go home. He, he yeah. stayed to continue to lift and work out. And uh, while a lot of other people were, were letting their hair down and just doing what college students do, he, he stayed and continued to work. So I felt like he, that with his incredible focus uh, and work ethic that he was going to have a good year. But so he, and, and, and he didn't get off to a great start. He, and, and, of course, he didn't shoot the basketball well during the exhibition in the first game against William Carey. But he was, he, he was a workhorse at Vanderbilt the other night working the glass and defending and talking, very focused. And I thought he, he followed that up with another good game last night. And um, uh, pretty soon, pretty soon, things are going to start clicking clicking together. We're missing some free throws. We're, we're, we're not shooting the ball as well from the three, but we're taking good shots. And I'll say this, Luke, we're, we're playing at such a pace defensively uh, and offensively that – those things are going to catch up. Shooting is rhythm, and, and eventually those things, we're going to get synced up. Our offense and our defense are going to kind of get synced up, and I think I think we'll start improving our, our – because he's a good free-throw shooter. His, his percentages his entire career have been outstanding. But uh, it's, I guess when you're, when you're breathing, uh, the only way I can explain it, when you're breathing, you're expending so much energy, sometimes on offense you're, you're shooting and so forth. It's going to take us a little bit to get there. But anyway, he's been really good, Luke. Thank you, Thanks, Coach. Coach. We really appreciate your time. Best of luck as the uh, as the season rolls on. Any anytime y'all need me, I'm honored to come on y'all show. And again, thanks again. It's just like just like uh, 
uh, DeAndre. Y'all hung in there with us, so I appreciate that. Hopefully we can deliver it. it, it it's y'all type of people that we're wanting to get this done for, including our university. So thank y'all very much. All right. Coach Jay Ladner, everybody. Eagle Hour continues right after this. Southern Miss to the top. All right, I want to thank head basketball coach Jay Ladner. Such a great guy. Off to a great start. Really happy for him. Golden Eagles 3-0. and uh, They leave on the next game will be against Liberty, of all people, on the 18th. And uh, I think it's a three-game road swing uh, starting on the 18th. All right, still to come on the show, we'll be talking to Kane Womack a little later. He's the coach at South Alabama, of course. And, of course, the Golden Eagles were busy getting ready for South Alabama uh, this morning, spirited uh, practice in cold weather, practice in the rock because of wet field conditions, uh, unlike some schools, no indoor practice facility here, so you have to make the best of it. Uh, has a couple great uh, conversations today. Let's get started uh, with head football coach Will Hall ask uh, about the uh, performance of Trey Lowe, and uh, he had uh, nothing but good things to say about that young man. Trey Love played very well, Coach. What was he able to do that uh, gave him that edge Saturday? Yeah, really proud of him. You know, he's just a high-character human being that does everything uh, right in the way he lives his life. And really, he just ran the offense. You know, he just his eyes were correct, and he did exactly what he's supposed to do. And then he made a play or two, too. You know, like the scramble where he flipped it to Frank was just a great play. He made some throws in the pocket where uh, the first third down conversion where he scrambled and found Brownlee. Like, those are two plays that come off to my mind where he made a play. And you need your quarterback to make a play to beat a great team. And then a lot of times, you know, he just – he just ran the offense. You know, he went through his progressions. He checked it down to Frank one time for nine yards. You know, he would he would read an RPO right and throw it out there. He handed off the ball when it needed to be handed off on RPOs. He just really graded out high from an assignment standpoint, which allowed our offense to function. That's probably the first time since I've been here we were able to run our offense. Uh, you, you saw us attack in certain ways and then go to our counters, you know, go go to our, you know, punch, counter punch, if you will, and run our offense that we've been hoping to run since we got here. We were able to make adjustments in game. We came out the second half and drove it and scored to take the lead. And, uh, you know, it was, it, it was a lot of fun. And uh hope he can continue to do it because I got a lot of respect for him. All right, he'll, of course, uh, start. Uh, coach didn't say that, but I think you could read between the lines. He'll start. Now, Luke, I know that one of the other uh, journalists in there asked uh, Coach a question about the inability to score in the red zone. I had moved on uh, into another room uh, for some of these player interviews. Have you got that handy? Let's hear what he had to say yeah, about D- that. Yeah, Dima Mixon asked uh, Coach Hall uh, about the, the red zone issues, and here's Will Hall, about a minute-and-a-half explanation of of why they uh, they couldn't get in. Yeah, well, we you know we took two shots to Brownlee and didn't didn't get those. Uh, you know, we'd like to at least go one for two there. We had a power trap wide open through the middle, and and uh, you know, you know Rambo kind of missed his cut right there. He should have walked right into the end zone. Uh, so that was that was two right there. And then, uh, you know, first and goal from the ten, first and eleven from the from first and ten from the eleven are the hardest situations in football. We were able to get down to the five one time. We took a shot to Brownlee, didn't get it. We're able to get down to the two one time and didn't get it in on third down. And uh, obviously, if we get one of those in, you know, we probably win the game. That was our, our deal on offense. We also dropped a pass that could have been big. And uh, we ran out of bounds one time. Or maybe if we stay in bounds, that would have been big. You know, offensively, defensively, and special teams, we also had opportunities too. But, uh, 
you know, when, when we were able to get it down in a, in a first and goal situation inside the seven or more, we were able to punch it in. Uh, you know, we practice it. We work it all the time. We just didn't make it happen. You know, we'd like to go one for two to Brownlee right there at least and score. You know, we had a run right there on Power Trap. It was wide open. Our O-line tight ends did a phenomenal job. We got to hit it and get it. Everything's, everything down there has got to be meticulous. You have to be right in every way because space is limited. And, uh, again, we got to just we gotta, we gotta keep going and keep getting better. That's something we, we've, it's something all of a sudden we're not just addressing now. It's something we continue to address. When the field shrinks in the red zone, deficiencies are shown even more. And uh, we got to continue to work around those. All right, so. I was going to say, we also asked him about uh, the frustration of losing close games, but the positive aspect of it is you're going neck and neck with top 25 teams. We'll have that uh, We'll have that on the show uh, tomorrow. All right, what were you going to say, Luke, before we run this? Yeah, I'm, I mean, I, I like the calls to Brownlee. One was a uh, you know particular um, good play by the, by the Coastal back, but I thought it was a good throw by by Trey Lowe. They you know they tried that against Miami. Wilkie did it, uh, and it was just a, a more of a poor throw, maybe even a pi. But yeah, I, I think teams know they've seen our tendencies, you know, to that back shoulder. And sometimes when you when you throw the back shoulder fade, you can't defend it when you've got a, a a guy like like Brownlee. But what he said it right there at the end, I think it's very telling. You know, when you have deficiencies in offense. They show up louder and more clearly in the red zone than they do in other places, and uh, I think he was just hinting there that that some of the struggles they've had on offense really are, ex, you know, uh, are, are whatever the word I'm trying to say are multiplied and more easily seen in the red zone. Well, another work in progress is the offensive line, of course, better than last year, but six sacks. Uh, had a talk, a chance to talk to one of my favorite kids on the team. Bryson Mays, who's played just about every position on offensive line, and here's what he thinks about the progress there. Okay, we got Bryson Mays, uh, offensive lineman here on the Super Talk Eagle Eye. Bryson, we talked uh, at the start of the year before you guys ever played a game, and you talked about the importance of of the offensive line improving from the previous year. Clearly, it has, but I wanted to get your evaluation of what has changed and how much better the line has played this year. Um, I would say we played much better. Uh, obviously, we've had some games where we didn't perform well, uh, Georgia State, Miami being the main ones. But I feel like um, overall, collectively this season, I feel like we've played much better. Uh, I feel like as a group, we've gelled more. We're kind of tighter than what we were last year. We have a lot more, uh, uh, we say fear getting around here, which means uh, love for each other and excitement when others do well. So I think it's been the main thing that's changed since I've been here. A lot of changes within the line, a lot of different players in and out of different positions. Is that difficult to adjust to? How, how do you make that adjustment? Uh, Well, yeah, it's difficult, obviously, because you've been used to playing a certain position the whole season. Uh, but anytime you change positions, you have to trust your coaching staff. You have to stay over and get like extra sets or extra snaps or whatever it is, extra pulls, uh, and just trust that the coaches, you know, trust you and that you're going to be able to do the job when it comes down. Now, how much have you moved from position to position? <laughs> uh, it seems like every week I've <laughs> I mean, I've been from left tackle to right tackle to guard to center to center to center to guard to guard. I mean, I've I've moved around a lot since I've been in college. But, I mean, honestly, I think it's made me a better player because I understand what everybody's doing and uh, I'm able to do a lot of things. And so that helps me in the long run. You know, there are only two players that touch the ball – 
every time there's a snap, the quarterback and the center. The center sometimes kind of gets lost because you're in the middle of the line, but in many ways, as important as any player on the field is the center. Yeah. Uh, well, I would say the center is probably the most important person on the field. It's my personal opinion because you got to get up there and make the calls. You got to snap the ball. You got to block somebody after you snap the ball, which always isn't easy. And then uh, you got to finish plays and direct traffic, and that's not easy to do. That's why it takes a uh, special person to do it. That's why uh, Jeff Saturday, uh, center for the Colts for a long time, won his first game. As NFL coach, you got to know a lot of things to play center. So the center clearly is the most important player on the field. I believe so. You may, if you go ask Trey Lowe or Zach Wilkie, they may have a different opinion, but I think center is most important. What a great kid and uh, a really integral part of the offensive line development, Luke. And uh, like you said, still a work in progress, but much improvement over last year. Yeah, one of the things too with him is the connection he has with Trey Lowe. He mentioned Trey there. Of course, they both you know played at West Virginia together and. Um, but but you like that attitude of wherever I'm needed, I will I will play and uh, play in you know the center position. You basically know where everybody's blocking on every single down. So starting at center and then kind of moving around probably just a smidge easier than starting somewhere else. And the offensive line, the NFL has taken notice now, especially the last five or six years, where some of the top paid people on the team are on the are on the offensive line and and they're not exposed to a lot of the media scrutiny like the quarterbacks and the and the skill people are the running backs and wide receivers so really when it comes to that type of that type of situation you're getting paid but not being not taking the bad side of being paid. You, you did sense. notice that uh, Bryson uh, immediately pointed out the center that is now the coach of the Colts and how they had won the first game, and that's because the coach is a former center. And st- and statistically, offensive linemen do make the best coaches at, at higher levels. Kind of like catchers in baseball. Yeah, right? the win-loss records for offensive linemen in football and catchers in baseball, far, far better than any other positions. All right, we'll have more from Coach Hall on the show tomorrow. Also, the leading sacker on the team, Dominic Quion, will be uh, on the show. And I mispronounced his name when I first uh, – was talking to him, and he quickly corrected me, so I'm making sure that I You better get it right, Mr. Getty. He's a big dude. (laughs) Yes. He's a big dude. Leads the team with eight and a half sacks. Uh, We'll hear what a really extended uh, conversation with him this morning. We'll have that on the show tomorrow. Also, Will Hall talking about the progress of his ball club. And then, of course, we will have the beignet eating contest tomorrow at 1.40 in the afternoon. Uh, That'll be from Mo Bay Beignet. We, so, we call you, it, the, what is it, the Lee Roberts Honorary Beignet Eating Contest. We won't say memorial. I think that's appropriate. We don't want to say that. Yeah, we don't. Yeah, definitely not memorial. It should be the Kelly Center Memorial when I get done with him tomorrow, Getty. Oh, how about that? Oh, boy, the challenge. The have gaunt- have you been, been eating at the Chinese buffets, getting ready, training? Well, yeah, they, but they kicked me out after two hours. So. <laughs> I can't imagine why. <laughs> Kane Womack coaches South Alabama, and he's doing a heck of a job. He's next on Eagle Hour.
You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Hey, welcome back. Uh, I want to thank you for tuning in this afternoon, wherever you're tuned in. Remember, you hear the Super Talk Eagle Hour podcast anytime you like on Apple, Audible, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or you can just tell Alexa to play the Super Talk Eagle Hour. Thanks to our sponsors, Campus Bookmart, campusbookmart.net, 4th Street Bar and Grill, D1 and D-Bat and the Mobe Beignet Company, along with Dickie's Barbecue and Southern Bancorp Studio. All right, Kane Womack is the head football coach at South Alabama, and he graciously agreed to join us on the Eagle Hour. He, of course, is no stranger to this area, a uh, former defensive coordinator at Indiana before he took over at South Alabama, but, of course, a tight end and fullback at Southern Miss, a Hattiesburg guy, and a guy that's doing a great job. Eight and two in their second year. Two-part question to get you started, Coach. Uh, First of all, congratulations. Uh, I, I'm sure you're pleased with the progress of your program, but this will be the first time Saturday that you bring that program back here where you play college football. Will it be a little different for you, perhaps? Yeah, well, thank you. It's um, it's really good to be home with you guys and, and, uh, and get to uh, – you know, I certainly normally don't have shared history uh, to the level I do with, with some of you guys like I do uh, uh, on on most radio uh, talks and all that stuff. So it's good to be on with you all. I'm, I'm excited, you know, uh, about the, the uh, momentum of our team right now and our program. I think, um, you know, there are times where uh, you get really excited about where we're going, and, and there's also moments where you, you recognize that we are very much uh, in the developmental stages of our program still uh, in terms of what we're trying to do. Uh, but, but certainly the on-field success is, is um, a nice nod in the right direction. So uh, I'm excited to, to be back in Hattiesburg this Saturday. I mean, we, you know, I, I, was, uh, I was telling uh, a couple of the coaches the other day, I, I haven't been – uh, back to the rock for a game since my senior day. So, um, you know, whatever that was, 12, 12 years ago, 13 years ago, something like that. So uh, that 2009 season was my senior year there uh, with uh, with Larry Fedora. And, and uh, just some great memories, um, certainly from my time playing there. But um, I think one of the cool things, and I, I talked to the players about this, um, you know, just I, I fell in love with the game of football as a as a young coach's son. Right when when my dad had those great defenses and um, and in the in the mid to late nineties and early two thousands and um, you know uh, you talk about all this game has done for you and and the opportunities it's provided and it's hard not to uh, you know for me I mean you have to acknowledge um, what the impact that, that Southern Miss football had. Uh, on me and, and, and my life and, and, uh, and certainly, um, you know, is really responsible for, for what I'm doing today. And, and Melissa, your wife is, is, is an Oak Grove girl as you're an Oak Grove uh, high school graduate. So the, the kids get to, to come to see mom's yeah. side of the family here. Your folks are up in Oxford, but before, and, and there's more, certainly more important things to talk about, but, but coach Womack, will you please dispel a lot of the people in town who have called BS when I have said that I had the honor to coach Kane Womack in Little League when he was 11 and 12 years old. <laughs> well, the, it, uh, you absolutely did. And we had uh, what, Shipley's Donuts, and, and um, I think it was, what was I, was I nine or ten? Was that, was that the, the year? I think it was third grade, something like that. Um, nine and ten years old, that's right. We were sponsored. That's by- right, nine and ten, and. 
you you always gave uh um you know of course we you know we went over over to the house and and cleaned our cleats with toothbrushes and and watched the uh bad news bears if i remember correctly that's right. and that's right uh and then uh you know you always it was kind of a rite of passage right you always gave everybody a nickname and so mine was Abel, I'm not sure how you came up with that on, on your own, but uh, well, your first Cain name is, is Abel, Cain, I suppose. So, yeah. it, I know, I'm just it, messing with yeah, you. Yeah. <laughs> hey, and I want I want to ask um, you too, Coach. When when you guys nearly beat UCLA out there, what what did that tell you about your program and where you were? Well, um, you you know, I, I will say this: the in our in our regional footprint, and, and certainly you guys can speak to this in the history of of Southern Miss football, right? There's there, this is a very talent rich area. And, uh, you know, you look at, 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 you know, I was talking to my dad about this. I mean, um, when I took the job here at South Alabama, how many great players from the state of Alabama, right. That, that they had at, at Southern Miss back in the day. And so, you know, certainly, um, our connections in the state of Mississippi, um, uh, you know, a number of my staff, including myself, obviously are deeply tied into that state. And then, uh, and then the, the state of Alabama, a little bit of the panhandle of Florida, we've got some really deep ties and connections. And so the overall talent, um, has, has much improved, uh, on this roster. And I think when you look at, um, you know, the, some of the success and things that, that we're having, I mean, you, you got to point to, um, to that being a key indicator of, of kind of where we're headed or, you know, where, what we've done to this point And I think where we're headed. All right, Luke, get in here with coach. Hey, Kane, thanks so much for coming on, brother. It's good to, good to talk to you. Um, you too, man. The first year in the Sun Belt, not for you, though. You coached in it previously. This is your second year as a head coach. What is it about this league as we've seen throughout the year? I mean, last week, you know, we play Coastal, uh, play coastal really close. Uh, they got blown out by Old Dominion earlier. It just seems like on any given Saturday, anybody can, uh, can beat anybody, the parody. What is it about the Sun Belt? Yeah, uh, you know, I mean, I think I think a little bit of the the point that you know that Kelly uh, uh, was talking about in terms of you know why we can go and and play someone like like UCLA. I mean, our our you, you, and really to kind of finish that point, the the talent level that we have, um, we we really feel like uh, when we went over and, and and played UCLA, there there was not a very big talent gap between. Uh, between us and them and, and certainly they're a great program and all that but just from the physicality that we bring the athleticism that we brought on the field as the game went on and on you know we felt like we were in position um, to, to kind of take over the game at the end and, and we made a couple mistakes that obviously were very costly and and, and ended up losing that game by one point um, but um, it's the same in the Sun Belt right I mean this is a very talent uh, rich league. Uh, you look at all the resources that these universities have put into their football programs. I mean, you know, look at South Alabama just in the last four years, you know, has put almost a hundred million dollars into football facilities and resources. And, and that's, uh, that's, that's tremendous, right? It's, uh, it's, it's a recruiting advantage. It's an opportunity, uh, to move the dial forward for our university and, and, uh, and certainly, uh, you know, the the key has been, you know, making sure that the on-field success is, is representative of that investment. And, and I think we're starting to move in that direction, as, long, as well as a number of teams in this league. You guys were 5-7 and seven last year, 8-2 and two this year. And, and uh, I think I asked Will Hall this question uh, earlier in the season. But you, at towards the end of season two, what's the biggest thing you learned between year one and year two as a head coach? Well, you know, I was in this league before, um, but obviously, you know, so many things change, right? And so you, you, you recognize 
one of the biggest advantages is going from year one to year two is you recognize the um, uh, the what you need to do specifically within your league um, to be relevant and to be competitive, right? And so, you know, when when we go, you know, uh, last year we we played Louisiana, who obviously had been the standard bearer in this in this uh, conference for the last four seasons, and we we lost to them eighteen to twenty. We missed a field goal with about forty seconds to go in the game, um, and uh, and felt like when you go back and watch the film. Uh, here are the things schematically, uh, talent, uh, depth uh, at certain positions. Here are the things that need to be dress, addressed from, from year one to year two. And, uh, and I think, you know, we, we, we found ways to address all of those things. Um, and, uh, and, and certainly we're not, we, we have not arrived as a program. We're probably, our roster's not um, exactly uh, where it needs to be. Um, we, we made a huge stride, and I think we're in a good position and if you look at our roster, I, I think you would say we're fairly talented, um, uh, certainly in, in comparison to this league. Um, but, but I think we're probably in a position going into year three, right, to, to kind of shore up some of those, some of those other areas that we feel like, uh, um, will get us to, to the point to where we're operating at an elite level, which is, which is what I think this, this program will be. All right, Coach, only a minute left. I wanted to give you an opportunity to just talk about your dad for a second, though. He's a great figure in Southern yeah. football history. And what, what did you what have you taken from him that has led to your success? Well, um, you know, I think anybody that's that's met my dad knows, you know, he is um certainly uh, a great coach and 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 and, a, and had a phenomenal career, had the number one defense in the country at, at multiple places and great success. Um, but he's, he's a great human being. And, um, you know, I think you think about some of the successes that he had on the back end of his career, I think is in a, a direct tie into the way he treated people. And he got opportunities, um, because, you know, people recommended him or knew him or had known him for a number of years and he always treated people well. And, um, you know, I, I learned, um, I probably learned as much what to do as a husband and a father. Uh, in this business as I did as a coach. You know, I, I joke when I finished at Southern Miss and started getting into the graduate assistant world and preparing to be a coach, you know, he, we, we were breaking down some film and I started going over cover four with him and he goes, hey, you can stop right there. He goes, you don't know anything about how to, how to teach cover four quarters. <laughs> so it took a little while for him to teach those things, but just him being a, a, a great human being and, and, uh, and a great uh, model for what it's supposed to look like. Coach, we really appreciate you coming on the show, and we look forward to you coming to Hattiesburg Saturday. All right. Well, thanks, guys. Look forward thanks, to brother. it. Thanks, brother. See right. you, bud. Came on back, everybody. Okay. Head football coach, University of South Alabama. Grateful for him to take the time uh, on game week come talk to us. We appreciate that. All right. Wrapping up this edition of the Eagle Hour next. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Final segment on this cloudy Tuesday. Cold. Finally. Maybe it feels like fall. Anyway, maybe a little more winter, but Eagle Hour for segment brought to you 
by DBAT and D1 Training on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg, dbathattiesburg.com. Luke, Bob, and Kelly from the Southern Bancor Studios in Hattiesburg. And, Laurel, nothing going on today. Volleyball um, coming up Thursday. Lady Eagles uh, and basketball will travel to Old Miss uh, tomorrow. We'll talk more about that. But, but guys, going back uh, to our conversation with Kane, and greatly appreciate uh, his time coming on. South Al eight and two on the year. They started off two and zero, dropped that one point loss to UCLA in week three. Then they won three in a row over Louisiana Tech, Louisiana ULM. Got the uh, Louisiana sweep. Dropped a slugfest to Troy. 10 to 6 on October 20th and then they've won their last 3 31 to 3 against Arkansas State 38 31 against Georgia Southern last week down in Mobile they beat Texas State 38 21 we're going to work to get JD Byers the voice of the Jags on Thursday to talk more specifically about uh this game coming up but but Kelly you know you you know Kane and and just kind of some takeaways of some of the things that he said during that interview well i it just he's just waiting for the opportunity and the and South Al, you know, he he and Melissa, his wife, they they love Mobile and uh and you know jumped at the opportunity to get to coach there because he was talking about some of the resources and knowing some of the future on the way that 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 program not only the program is growing but the school is growing and because they're producing doctors and things like that it could be you know a situation where money might not be as big a problem as it would be at some other areas. So, and and no doubt that he'd be successful. You know, very rarely does a kid come from, you know, parents like his and his dad who who coached under Coach Bauer and and coached at Ole Miss and has coached a lot of different places that you knew he'd he'd do well. But that that he also holds Southern Miss in such high regard. I think that's I think that's great. I mean, it's obviously he's going to be coaching his brains out to try to to try to beat the Eagles and and the Eagles will try to. You know, try to beat them, but that's yeah, it's, it's okay, Bob. It, it's kind of you know, it's 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 funny in one sense. You you hope he he wins as much as he can, except against us, because he's one of ours. I mean, he's a golden eagle. Right. You want him to succeed, but you know, the fact that he's in the same conference in the same division, it kind of makes it a little more difficult than than what it usually would be. It does, but as I said to you guys when we went off the air, how do you not pull for this guy? I mean, you you have to. I mean, the, obviously your first loyalties here at Southern Miss, but uh, you know, you want him to have a great deal of success, and he's just such a such a kind and accessible guy, and hey. Writing's on the wall. He's done a job down there. South Alabama's going to be a handful here. Yeah, and and if he continues to do what he's doing at South Alabama, he'll have some opportunities, you know, to to get some very some real high profile jobs, which yeah. whether that fits into his future or not remains to be seen. But like I said, if it keeps going, logic would dictate absolutely that it would. And there's a lot of you know in that South Alabama program, Luke. You're talking about some some guys at Jones College that are playing right. there. Darrell Luter. His uh, his great defensive back down at South Al. Well, Damian to- Webb, who you know was the the best back in the country last year at Jones College, he's got almost a thousand yards and and thirteen touchdowns. He's the the leading runner. Hey guys, just got uh just got a text back. JD Byers, voice of uh, South Alabama, will join us first segment on Thursday, so we can talk yep. more about that. But let's uh let's end the show talking about again last night. Southern Miss gets a eighty six sixty two win over uh, over Loyola, and we were talking during the break. Eagles out rebound Loyola forty four to thirty six. Um, so a, a great job on the boards. Pinkney with with seven. Uh, other Golden Eagles uh, with eight. And there was a, actually Denaje Harris played almost twenty three minutes, nine yeah. rebounds. Yeah, 
And, and you know, and, and Coach Ladner talked about this in the first segment today. They are struggling at the free throw line. I'm, the last night, probably, I don't know, seven out of the first ten hit that back brace, you know, of the, and, and bounced out. So free throws, they've got, got to improve on. But I'm telling you, man, and, and again, Loyola, you think Loyola, big deal, NAIA school. But that's a team, like I said, that won the national title last year, and they're very well coached. But when you saw the Eagles running some of that fast break stuff that they were running last night, when it clicks like a well-oiled machine, it is something yeah, to see. It's going to be exciting. You know, I'm just so frustrated for both basketball teams right now. The injury to the point guard last night, Joy Lee's top two of her top players, still not able to play because of concussions and injuries. Got to really hope that these kids on both the men and women's team heal up, get back on the floor, and I think we can have some great basketball here this year. Yeah, they're they going to go to Liberty, and then they're going to come back here and play uh, Mobile, the Mobile Rams, and then the Grizzlies of Montana make a return trip. Uh, it was I think it was two here and, and we one there. We played them out there last year. Right, so the Grizzlies will come back here, and then they get they go to UNLV out in Las Vegas just prior to Christmas, and then it's Sun Belt Conference time. Is that your uh, is that your Christmas trip to yourself to go watch them play the running Rebs? Yeah, I'll probably. I'm well, you know, when I get to Vegas, they all, everybody wants to see me. You know, so of course, I'm gonna have you to gonna go. make them watch the of bad course, news bears. Of course, and clean their yeah, you go with do, the make them clean their tennis shoes with a toothbrush and watch the bad news bears. I gotta stop. Look, that's my kids always look forward to that. It was always the night before opening ceremony, so that our cleats would be nice and clean, and we would look sharp going into the first game of the season. Sponsored by Shipley's. <sighs> yeah, Shipley's Donuts, baby. Shipley's. Uh, yeah, well, beignet eating contest tomorrow at one forty. On the Eagle Hour. Also have some great interviews. Heath Hinton will join us. And uh, we're going to be at Mo Bay Beignet on Hardy Street. Looking forward to that. Southern Miss to, to the, the top. top. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.